Hello and welcome back to the Trap Game Podcast. I am your host, Mark Kruthop. It is October 7th. Um, it is the first day of baseball playoffs. My favorite time of the year. Just finished watching Thursday Night Football a little while ago. What a terrible, just horrible, executed game. Um, these are two teams that myself and I believe a lot of other people thought that they were going to be really good this year. Um, the Colts have looked nothing special. I mean, they got their first win today. Awesome being without Jonathan Taylor. Not so great if you had him on your fantasy team, including myself. But let's just talk about the Broncos for one second here. Um, They got to get rid of Hackett. I mean, I've already said it. It's only, they're five games into the season. They're two and three now. This team looks so anemic on offense and they should not look this bad with the weapons that they have you just brought in russell wilson and you're paying him all this money cannot scheme him the correct way you cannot get anyone open he threw four interceptions tonight it was terrible just a horrible football game all around luckily we did take the under tonight um so that was nice We uh, benefit from these two teams not being able to put up any points. The crazy thing to me is, if you're the Broncos, you have the lead late. You're about to hit the two-minute warning. You literally just need one first down. One first down. The Colts have already used all their timeouts. You just need to beat the two-minute warning. Worst comes to worst, you kick a field goal and make a team that hasn't scored all game. Your defense was playing so well. What are you doing? It just, Seahawks fans, if you watch that game, had to give you just the worst flashbacks of your life. How do you not run it there? Shame on Hackett for passing in that situation but also shame on russ for not audibling out and just running the ball he's a veteran he should know better he's lived through a situation where there's no reason for you to pass and it cost them the game and they deserve to lose there's no reason there's no reason on earth that the broncos should have won that game and honestly there's no reason that the Colts should have won either But the Broncos played just a little bit worse and deserved that loss more than the Colts did. I mean, between the both of them, 10 sacks. If you are crazy enough to play a no-touchdown prop for a game, good for you because you cashed out big time. But like I said, just not a great game. Luckily, we were able to cash the under and just see that these two teams were just so incompetent and um yeah so not a great start to week five of the nfl season hopefully we get some better games this weekend um but before we get into the picks before we recap a little bit of last week i just wanted to 
say congratulations um, because I know he definitely listens. Um, Aaron Judge hitting number 62. What an accomplishment. And in the same game, Garrett Cole breaks the Yankees' single-season strikeout record. Um, Just an awesome, awesome season for both of those guys. As much as you want to talk about Cole, he's not an ace. If he's not an ace, he's not breaking that record. Um, Do you have the most confidence in him all the time? No, unfortunately not. But, you know, I'm glad he's on the Yankees and not anywhere else. I'm glad he's pitching for us this postseason. Um, And I just want to get into and kind of ask, how do you guys feel? Are you on the fence are the side of the fence where Judge is the rightful home run king? Um, up to this point of his career, not doing any steroids, hasn't been suspended um, for any performance-enhancing drugs. Or are you on the side that Barry Bonds is the true king? Um, I'm on the side where I would still consider Barry Bonds as much as as big of a Yankee fan as I am. I would consider Barry Bonds the home run king. Um, yes, he cheated. We, we all know he did, but you still have to hit the baseball. There's a lot of guys that have used steroids, all of that stuff that have come nowhere close. Uh, he still had to have that swing, still needed to make good contact. So I consider him. Um, but on that same foot, if baseball isn't allowing guys like him guys like roger clemens pete rose guys that have cheated on the game guys that have done things that they're not supposed to if you're not letting these guys into the hall of fame if you aren't if you aren't considering these guys to be the rightful record holders then you almost have you almost have to proclaim judge as the sole single season home run holder you almost have to uh and and that's again that's not saying that i agree with that as much as i love aaron judge like i said my dog is named after the guy uh i've already bought my record-breaking home run season shirt and i'm gonna wear it proudly and i'm not gonna argue either side of the fence um if you know i see both sides to the argument it would be awesome, you know, if if Judge was truly considered the single season home run king. But I think you, at the end of the day, you still do have to consider Barry Bonds, that guy. But that being said, I cannot wait for the playoffs. I have tickets to their first game on the 11th and the 13th. So, you know, if you do listen to this podcast, you live in the New York area. Um, want to meet up, say hi, uh, reach out uh, on the Trap Game Podcast official Twitter. Hopefully we can meet up and go Yankees, man. I cannot wait. My dad's going to be here. I get to take him to his first ever Yankee game in Yankee Stadium. So what a, what a first game to get to go to. But let's jump into the week five picks Last week we did okay, um, eight, seven, and one. We did get a push on that Bills game. 
Um, we did lose our super lock. We shouldn't have. We've been taking, besides the Vikings game, our first our first week and third week, uh, or fourth week were rough ways to lose our super locks. We barely, we had every leg of our teaser besides the Bills and Ravens over. And we lose it because the Ravens go for it on fourth down in a tie game with less than three minutes or two minutes, I believe it was. And then the Bills, who you never see do this. You never see a team just on the one-yard line. They settle for the field goal to win the game. I guess you want to be, you want to show sportsmanship, but who does that? I never have, you never see teams kneel on the one yard line in a tie game just to take the field goal. You just punch it in there, man. But that was a rough, rough, rough teaser to lose. We actually ended up having a pretty decent week besides that. Um, had the Cardinals money line, luckily. And then we, you know, what's funny is I did pick the Buccaneers on last week's show, but when the game went off, the Chiefs ended up being the underdogs. It flipped. So I was on the side with who, whichever team had the plus money I was going to take. And luckily, that ended up being the Chiefs. So full disclosure, I did change my pick and did take the Chiefs for the show. We did take the loss there. But real life money, we did get the win. Um, Like I said, tonight we had the under. I'm not going to say which way I would have gone on the game. I'm not going to count it towards the season total. So we will get on to the Giants and the Packers. This is another London game, 930 Eastern time start. The Packers are minus seven and a half. The over-under is 41. What I did take the Patriots to win that game uh, when they were up 10-7, I believe it was, or 10-3 at halftime. That was a soul-crushing loss. It would have been a really, really nice payday. Um, But the Packers did pull it out. That being said, I can't sit here and justify taking the Packers at the minus seven and a half. The Giants aren't particularly a good team, but they've been winning. And win ugly, win by 50 points, it's still a win. They're still keeping games close. The Packers aren't exactly the Packers that we usually think they are. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, I like the Giants here to cover seven and a half. Uh, I, I, I like them getting a touchdown plus a little bit. I think they can keep this game close. As you saw when the Packers played the Patriots, they aren't particularly the best defensive team, and they can't really stop the run. And what can the Giants do? What is the one thing the Giants can do is run. So I expect Saquon to have a pretty big game here. I think that they can keep it close. I think that they can keep this ugly um, enough for for them to have a close game. I could even see them possibly, as crazy as this sounds, I think the Giants are live to win this game straight up. Um, If they can make it ugly enough for Aaron Rodgers and the defense can get a few stops there. Um, but yeah, let's hopefully start on a winner. We'll take the Giants at the plus seven and a half. 
Moving on to the Steelers and the Bills. The Bills are minus 14. The over-under is 46. Um, I, the Steelers are a bad team. Uh, let's not sugarcoat it. Uh, it took a little bit less than I honestly thought it was going to for Trubisky to get benched. Um, Kenny Pickett is now the quarterback of choice for the Steelers. Don't necessarily think it's a bad choice. It was going to happen eventually. So, um, you know, let's see what Kenny Pickett can do. Let's see what Kenny Pickett can do here. The Steelers are... Sorry, I'm missing it here. The Steelers are 1-3. The Bills are 3-1. and one. Um, I, I just think the Bills can run this game pretty easily. I don't think the... The Steelers are going to be able to score too much here. Um, I think the Bills can easily win this game by at least 17 points. Um, so we're going to take the Bills. I, I think the Bills are here. Uh, they just beat a much, much better Ravens team. Um, they played them pretty decently on, on uh, defense as well. If they can hold Lamar and that Ravens offense to 20 points, I can't. I, the Steelers might score 10 points if they're lucky tonight. Or uh, on Sunday. So Bills minus 14. So we are going to move on to the Chargers and Browns. The Chargers are minus 2. The over-under is 47.5. The Browns let us down big time. Big time last week. And, you know, the Chargers, they won. But they didn't look good doing it. Um, they got up really, really early. And... If you had the Chargers in that game, you were sweating almost the entire time. Um, until the very, very end, the Chargers got that cover. But we are going to take the Chargers at the minus two here. Um, it doesn't look like that injury is really bothering Herbert too much anymore. The, the Chargers offense can put up points. Um the only thing that scares me here is I think the Browns can at least keep this close. So I will take the Chargers. This is going to be a no bet for me either way. Um, I don't really have a good feel. I'm just going to take the team with the better quarterback. That's usually my <laughs> my fall to if I don't have a strong lean either way. The over-under of the 47.5, I could see this definitely going over. Um, the Chargers defense has been playing decently. But they're definitely live to give up some points here. And the Browns' offense is much, much better than I think we all thought they were going to be with Brissett back there. But we will still stick with the Chargers here at the minus two. Um, we will move on to the Bears and the Vikings. The Vikings are minus seven and a half. The over-under of 41. The Vikings, as bad as we think they've looked, are three and one. Um, the Bears are 2-2 two and two somehow. I don't know how these guys aren't 0-4, honestly. But the Vikings back at home after the London game. I'm going to take the Vikings minus the 7.5, the over-under of 44. I just, this is, the this Bears team just can't score. They just can't score. Um, the Bears need to run for about 150, 200 yards to keep this game close. Justin Fields has to have more than 100 yards passing uh, for one game, you would think. So we will stick with the Vikings at the minus 7.5 here. I think this is a relatively easy cover for these guys. 
the Bears are just a bad team, should not be 2-2. Two and two. And um, they're 0-2 on the road anyway, so not a good team. Not a good team playing on the road. Just sets up well for the Vikings here. Then we'll move on to the Lions at the Patriots. Patriots minus 3.5. The Lions are juiced to minus 115 at the plus 3.5. The over-under is 46. As long as Mac Jones isn't playing, and don't get me wrong, that Bailey Zapp kid looked really good. Um, it was his first game, so obviously you don't really want to sit here and, and, and think that he's going to have a repeat performance. Um you don't want to get that Mike White syndrome that the Jets got last year. Uh, one game and people were already buying that guy's jersey and, and calling for Zach Wilson to possibly be traded. So hopefully Patriots fans pump the brakes here a little bit. I just I just think that the Lions, even though they're not like the best team in the world and their defense can't really stop anything, I think they're a much better team than their one and three record shows they could easily be three and one they definitely could have beat the seahawks they probably should have beat the commanders uh they probably could have beat the or they uh i'm sorry the vikings but they let those games slip away they can score and i don't know if the patriots have that firepower to keep up with the lions here so i'm going to take the lions at the plus three and a half at the minus 115 this is on the short list for super locks, definitely. I'm really high on the lines this week. But we will move on to the Seahawks and the Saints. The Saints are minus 5.5. The over-under is 46. This is one of those things. Um, Jameis Winston still looks like he's going to be out. Geno Smith is playing pretty well. Again, though, those numbers last week against the Lions were a little deflated just because that Lions defense is so poor. The Saints have a much, much better offense or a much better defense. I'm sorry, but I'm going to take the Seahawks at the plus five and a half here. I really do like the Seahawks this week. Andy Dalton is, you know, he, he looked decent against the Vikings. Um, but even then, they still couldn't get the win, and I just don't feel comfortable laying five and a half points with an Andy Dalton-led team at this point of his career. Uh, we still need to see if Alvin Kamara is going to play. That does make a huge difference. Uh, yeah, so we're going to take the Seahawks plus five and a half. Definitely lean probably the under of that 46. I just think there's going to be a slower, uglier game that the Seahawks want to keep close. Um, so we're going to move on to the Dolphins at the Jets. The Jets or the Dolphins are minus three. The over under is 46. Still looks like Tua is going to be out. Still looks like Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starting quarterback. I still like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and again, I just don't think the Jets are a good team. They are two and two, but in all reality, should be 0-4 if it weren't for a couple late absolute nuclear meltdowns by a couple teams. So I just think pound for pound, the Dolphins are a better team here. Teddy Bridgewater is, I would argue, probably the best backup in the NFL just considering how much starting experience he has. And this is probably one of the best teams 
as far as offensive talent goes that he's had the opportunity to play with. Um, so I do really like the Dolphins, the minus three here. This is also on the short list for super lot consideration. So Dolphins minus three over the Jets. We will move on to the Falconer or the Falconeers. The Falcons at the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are minus 10. The over-under is 46. Tom Brady is going to put on a show. I know I have really liked the Falcons this year. I probably should have picked them against the Browns. Uh, I held my breath on that one all game. But Tom Brady is going through his divorce. He has officially, at the age of what, he's 45 now, 46, He's officially fully committed to the game game of football at his at his tender age of mid 40s. So I think you get a mad Tom Brady. I think you get a pissed off Tom Brady. They're just coming off a really bad loss, an embarrassing loss to the Chiefs. So as much as the Falcons have been covering as decent as they have looked um, when they were pegged to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, I think this is a terrible spot for the Falcons this week. I think the Buccaneers just run the score up, unfortunately, on the Falcons. The Falcons are 4-0 against the spread. They are not going to run the table, and I think this is one of those games that uh, they're that spread perfection is in a lot of trouble. Um, so the Buccaneers minus that 10. The Bucks might cover that over by themselves. I, I, I can see Tom Brady and the Bucks scoring at like 49 points this week. It, it could be a long day for the Falcons if they're not careful. Moving on to the Titans at the Commanders. The Titans are minus one and a half. The over under is 43. This is a weird line to me. And what do we do with weird lines? We take the opposite of what our heart would tell us. So I'm taking the commanders at the plus one and a half. Um, the Titans are still in contention, obviously, at only two and two. The commanders are one and three. Have looked decent at times. Have looked like a one and three team at other times. The books obviously think this is a bad spot for the Titans. Um, and you might say, oh, well, you know, they're only minus one and a half. Now, with a team like the Titans and Commanders, you would probably rather see this game at around three. Uh, if you really thought the Titans or the books really thought the Titans were going to cover this game. I don't think they have confidence in it. This seems like a trap spot for the Titans. So we are sticking with the Commanders at the plus one and a half. And I could honestly see this game probably getting closer to a pick uh, by kickoff. So, yeah, Commanders plus one and a half. Moving on to the Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are minus seven. The over-under is 43 and a half. We are taking the Texans at the plus seven. Am I crazy? Yeah, probably the Texans are 0-3-1, 0-2 on the road. The Jaguars are 2-2. Who would have laid at the beginning of the season, right? If you looked at that entire schedule of the Jaguars, and sure, they've played well. They've, they've played much better than I thought they would, and I think a lot of people thought they would. 
but they're still only two and two. Uh, they blew the game against the Eagles last week. Did not look good um, after they went up fourteen nothing early. Would you have laid seven points with the Jaguars at any point if you looked at their schedule at the beginning of the year? My answer would have been no, and I'm pretty sure everyone's answer would have been no. I'm taking the Texans here at the plus seven. It just seems like way too many points for the Jaguars to be laying. Like I said, the Jaguars blew a late game or blew an early lead and had to even fight back to barely cover the teaser spread. Um, And then the Texans fought back against the Chargers and didn't cover late. So I, I just think this is a better than expected Texans team. And I think this is a little bit overachieving Jaguars team. I think the Jaguars are better, obviously, than we thought they were going to be. But again, it's too many points for the Jags at minus seven. So I'm going to take the Texans at the uh, plus seven. Moving on to the 49ers at the Panthers, the 49ers are favored by six and a half on the road. The over-under is 39. The Panthers lost a late or a tough one late to the Cardinals. Um, the 49ers put on a pretty convincing show against the Rams. Um, we were on that side, luckily. That was one of the... I, I think a lot of people were surprisingly on the 49ers last week. So why do people hate on Jimmy G? Why do people still think that this guy is incapable of winning a Super Bowl? Is he the best quarterback in the world? I would obviously say no. But the 49ers have been a winning team. And a team that wins a lot with Jimmy G. Why do they want to just hand it over to Trey Lance who, again, I've said it before, he hasn't shown anything. Yeah, he's young. He's exciting. But Jimmy G is still pretty decently young. And a guy that has shown, even though he might not win 45 32, you know, he might not be blowing teams out. He wins games. He wins games. Now, do I feel particularly comfortable having to lay a full touchdown to win with the 49ers? Not particularly, but in this spot against the Panthers team, who isn't really that great, obviously, um, they really just need to bottle... Christian McCaffrey and that this defense is capable of doing that. I think the 49ers can win this game by seven to 10 points. Um, So we are going to move on the 49ers here at that minus six and a half. Going on to the Cowboys at the Rams, the Rams minus five and a half. The over under is 43. Just like I said um, a couple games ago, I just think this is a really bad spot for the Cowboys. The Rams are coming off a really bad loss to the Niners. They had an extra day of rest. Um, Dak Prescott is still hurt. I just I think the Rams can suffocate the Cowboys here. That minus five and a half, I will take it. The over under of forty three is actually juiced to the under at minus one fifteen. Um, so yeah, let's take the Rams at the minus five and a half. I just think they're ready for a bounce back game. The entire NFC West is two and two right now. 
somehow, by the grace of God, the Cowboys have made it to 3-1. and one. They are not a 3-1 and one team. I think the Rams can impose their will here and win this game pretty handily. So Rams minus 5.5. The Eagles minus 5, juiced to minus 115 at the Arizona Cardinals. The over-under is 48.5. The Cardinals... I don't, they look like the worst team in football one second, and then they look like they could be the highest scoring team in the NFL another. Um, And I think that just goes back to Cliff Kingsbury just being the worst coach in the NFL. I think I'll say it until the day he leaves. I think these, these guys win in spite of Cliff Kingsbury. There is nothing that Cliff does to help this team win. And thank you, Kyler, for finally, finally showing that you care. We have been waiting as Cardinals fans for so long to see that. Get in Cliff's face. Tell him that he's wrong. It was about time. It was so refreshing to see Kyler tell him he was wrong. And it showed. The, the second that Kyler blew up on Cliff, the Cardinals took off and won that game and looked really good. Like, the defense looked great. The offense looked good. This is a much, this is a team that they should be every week if Cliff lets Kyler be Kyler. Kyler is not a pocket passer. Can he be? Yes, but you need to look at Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, how they get receivers open, not by having Lamar drop back 45 to 50 times a game and not run. No, he gets out of the pocket. He has a spy. He has to, the defense has to account for for Lamar Jackson, and then he he can scramble receivers open. When Kyler's moving, when he's running, when the defense has to pay attention to him, that's when this Cardinals offense looks like the Cardinals offense we think they can be. At 2-2 two and two without DeAndre Hopkins, they need to get this offense rolling and they can be a playoff team. So Cliff, stop being the worst coach in the NFL for a second and stop trying to make Kyler what he, he isn't. He's not Patrick Mahomes. You're not at Texas Tech anymore. You probably should be, but you're in Arizona. Let Kyler run. Let Kyler use his legs. That being said, I honestly probably would have taken the Eagles here, but the Eagles' mine opened at six and a half point favorites, and the line has moved all the way down a point and a half um, from Sunday. So, Again, this is this is line movement that I like to see when I'm betting. So I'm going to take the Cardinals at the plus five. The books obviously think that there's something there's something going on with this game. I think the public is going to be on the Eagles big here, and rightfully so. The Eagles have looked really, really good. I'm actually a big Eagles fan here um, for the season. I want to see them keep winning, not necessarily this week. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna roll with the Cardinals at the plus five here. Um, the over under forty eight and a half. I could see this being a shootout. 
also. Um, so I actually do like the over of the 48 and a half there. Moving on to the Sunday night game, the Bengals at the Ravens. The Ravens are minus three, juiced to minus 115. The over-under is 48.5. I'm going to take the Bengals at the plus three here. Um, I just think the Bengals' offense, if I had to stack up the offense versus offense, defense versus defense, the defense of the Ravens is still so banged up that I think we're seeing the offense that everyone thinks the Bengals can be and are. Um, Joe Burrow's up to speed. The preseason excuses out of it. He's been playing really, really good football. This Bengals defense, I think, has the edge over the Ravens defense. Um, I think that they can force at least enough stops for the Bengals to A, keep this close, and B, give the Bengals a win here. So we are going to take the Bengals at the plus three, um, and we are going to get a better number at minus 105 um, on Sunday night. We are going to move on to the Raiders and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus 7. Uh, that is juiced to minus 115. The over-under is 51. This is a pretty easy one for me. I'm going to take the Chiefs at minus 7. This just seems like a spot. You know, the Raiders aren't a particularly good football team. Um, and... The Chiefs just, like I said, just went into Tampa and embarrassed the Buccaneers. So I think this is a spot where the Chiefs, yeah, I I think they hang a big number on the Raiders. Clearly are just the better team. Um, So yeah, we're going to take the Chiefs at the minus seven. The super lock of the week is going to be... The Lions at plus three and a half. Um, Again, I just, I really like this offense. I think Bailey Zapp, if he does play this week again, awesome performance against the Packers. But I, I just think the Lions can outscore the Patriots here. We are gonna go another five team teaser this week. We are going to take the Bengals up to plus 9. We're going to take the Cardinals to plus 11. We are going to take the Texans up to plus 13. We are going to take the Buccaneers down to minus 4. And we are going to take the Seahawks up to 11.5. So, again, Seahawks plus 11.5. Buccaneers minus four, Texans plus 13, uh, Cardinals plus 11, and Bengals plus nine. Have a good week, everyone. And I kind of, I've wanted to say this last couple shows, but I always forget. Um, Even though I do talk about gambling a lot, I do enjoy it, obviously. Um, And I think it is something fun for everyone to win a couple dollars here and there. But be careful. Gambling can be very addicting. It can be very destructive if you have an addictive personality. If you live in a state that gambling is illegal and you haven't started, please don't. Um, Like I said, if you do gamble, there's nothing wrong with it. 
bet within your means, bet with extra money that you can afford to lose because I've gotten myself into trouble. I know a lot of people that have gotten themselves into trouble. Be careful with how you bet, guys. I just I just wanted to say that um, because, like I said, it, it can be awesome. You can you can cover a lot of bills with with uh, gambling money, and you can put yourself in a pinch. So, that being said, let's have a good week. As always, I just want to express my gratitude for everyone that listens. Thank you to Belly Up again um, for believing in me. Um, so yeah, let's have a good week. We're going to bounce back. We're going to have, we're going to start with our first win on super locks and we're going to hit this teaser. Thank you guys again. Go Yankees. Cannot wait for the playoffs. We will see you guys next week. Y'all have a good night. Have a good week. Let's win some money. Thank you for listening to this belly up sports podcast network product. Some said we go belly up. So we made it our name and we're still here.